Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. We are continuing to look at love through the eyes of doctors Les and Leslie Parrott. According to them, four styles of miscommunication result when we feel threatened. One, placating. Two, blaming. Three, computing. And four, distracting. We looked at placating, blaming, and computing last week. Let's pick up by looking at distracting. The distractor resorts to irrelevancies under stress, avoiding direct eye contact and direct answers. Quick to change the subject, he or she will say, What problem? Let's go shopping. Confronting the problem might lead to a fight, which would be dangerous. Distractors need to know that they are safe, not helpless, that problems can be solved and conflicts resolved. The next time you find yourself communicating with your partner by placating, blaming, computing, or distracting, remember that you are probably feeling hurt or stressed out about something. Also, if your partner is resorting to one of these styles, you can ease his or her tension by being sensitive to what might really be at the root of it. The upshot is that you need to find a way to make it safe for both of you to talk. And this is done by laying down a solid foundation for effective communication. And it is my experience that mutual understanding is a major component of this foundation. The parrots say that the happiest couples they know have relatively few communication impasses. They are able to talk easily about difficult subjects. They feel they understand each other, mutual understanding. They withhold very little from each other, and they rely on their ability to resolve conflicts. Their secret is not a list of communication rules. It is understanding this. Good communication is built first on who you are and only later on what you do. Before practicing communication techniques, these couples work on who they are as people. And remember that the goal of communication is connection, not convincing. You can read articles and books, attend workshops, and see counselors that will all teach you communication skills. But if you do not first focus on the qualities you possess as a partner, your efforts will be of little consequence. According to the parrots, to enjoy rich communication and a rock-solid marriage, three personal qualities must be present. Warmth, genuineness, and empathy. Now, I would personally add to their three qualities the five general areas of the mutual understanding method and Dr. Gottman's Seven Principles. Since we're using Drs. Les and Leslie Parrott as our guides, we'll look at what they have to say about the three qualities of warmth, genuineness, and empathy. Warmth. Your partner came to you with a cluster of unacceptable qualities, some known, many still to be discovered. Yet you as a spouse have chosen to accept him or her anyway. You have decided to embrace your partner in spite of bad breath, blemishes, 
quirky behaviors, and weird inclinations. That is the stuff of personal warmth, overlooking a blemish for the sake of the beauty behind it. The key to personal warmth is acceptance. But warmth is not a carte blanche approval of anything your spouse does, nor is it a kind of smothering sentimentality of contrived emotion. Warmth invites your partner to be who she is, relaxed, free, and at peace. It bolters her confidence and keeps her from contorting her personality into what she thinks you want it to be. Unconditional warmth also invites God's grace into the soul of your marriage. When your partner feels sure that she can never be condemned by you for who she is, that no judgment can hurt her, God's grace has seeped into the fabric of your relationship, stopping the subtle and unhealthy marital pattern of your partner continually casting about for your approval. Genuineness Your partner has a built-in radar detector for phoniness, spotting fabricated feelings and insincere intentions long before they are openly expressed. Your partner will not trust you if he or she feels you are not genuine. Without genuineness, little else in marriage matters. Well, how is this genuineness expressed? Not in words. What you say to your partner is far less important than how you say it, with a smile, a shrug, a frown, or a glare. Consider this. Nonverbal communication accounts for 58% of the total message. Tone of voice makes up 35% of the message. The actual words you say accounts for only 7% of the total message. Genuineness is expressed in your tone and nonverbal behavior, your eyes and your posture. And research has found that husbands and wives are very accurate interpreters of their spouse's nonverbal communication. An acquaintance may not notice a subtle change in your facial expression, but your spouse will. You can shower your partner with love, but if you're not real, the love is hollow. You can use all the communication techniques in the world, but if you aren't genuine, they won't work. Authenticity is something you are, not something you do. It comes from the heart, not the hands. Empathy The best way to avoid stepping on your mate's toes is to put yourself in his or her shoes. That's empathy, seeing the world from your partner's perspective. Several years ago, I was observing younger children in the church narthex. They were all looking up at everyone since almost everyone was taller than them. I thought to myself, I wonder if I'm really communicating with them when I talk with them. Then I decided that when I talked to them, I was going to get down on at least one knee so I could look them directly in the eye. What a change. I was now looking at them at their level, which looking around I realized was knees and belt buckles. Life was different from their perspective. Well, we make the same error in marriage when we assume our spouses know what we are experiencing. They don't. Everyone interprets life from a composite of unique insights and perceptions. Life looks different for our spouse than it does for us Yet we tend to assume that he or she sees life as we see it. Only after entering their world with both heart and head, however, 
can we accurately understand their perspective? To look at life through the same lens means asking yourself two questions. One, what does this situation, problem, or event look or feel like from my partner's perspective? And two, how is his or her perception different from mine? The parents tell us that empathy is perhaps the toughest work of building a strong marriage. Because most of us are wired to use either our head or our heart, one more than the other, it takes a conscious effort to empathize. In the Parrot's book, Trading Places, they describe how loving with our heart alone is only sympathizing, while loving with our head alone is simply analyzing. Empathy, however, brings together both sympathetic and analytic possibilities, both head and heart, to fully understand our partners. Empathy says, If I were you, I would act as you do. I understand why you feel the way you feel. Empathy always involves risk, so be forewarned. Accurately understanding your partner's hurts and hopes will change you, but the benefits of taking that risk far outweigh the disadvantages. Once you consciously feel his or her feelings and understand his or her perspective, you will see the world differently. The bedrock of communication is secured in who you are as a person, in being warm, genuine, and empathetic. This requires mutual understanding. While these three traits are critical for effective communication, by themselves they do not assure success. According to the parrots, a few simple rules are still needed. It is their opinion that the important communication tools can be reduced to six basic skills, and that if you learn them and use them, you will be able to give more love to your spouse and your marriage will become supercharged with positive energy. Well, here are their six rules. Number one, make I statements, not you statements. Number two, practice reflective listening. Number three, Understand and accept the differences between men and women. Number four, apologize when necessary. Number five, power down and get offline. Number six, communicate through touch. Let's look at each one of them. Well, again, number one is make I statements, not you statements. When you are upset by your spouse or you feel hurt by him or her, your natural tendency is to attack. You drive me crazy. You never ask my opinion when you decide something important. A use statement like this guarantees a relational barrier. Your partner has virtually no alternative but to feel blamed, accused, and criticized. It is extremely unlikely that he or she will say, Yes, you are right. I can be very insensitive. Rather, his or her natural reaction will be defensive. What do you mean? If you have an opinion, just say it. I can't read your mind. And then what typically follows is a returned you statement. You are the one that's insensitive. Did you ever consider the pressure I'm under right now? Well, volleying you statements is a surefire way to spoil an evening. This scene would be completely different had I statements been used to report how you felt 
or how you experienced the situation. I feel hurt and neglected when you don't ask my opinion. Do you sense the difference? I statements dispense information to be understood rather than accusations to be defended. Well, our time is gone for today. And as I close, I want to thank those of you who came to the couples conference last weekend. We had a great time. And also a special thanks to Sandy Jones and Christian Living Magazine for sponsoring the event. Have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.